Thank you, Brother Mayo. Praise the Lord, everybody. What a sweet, sweet spirit that's already here this evening. Can you feel it? I believe God has already placed his stamp of approval on our gathering, and I am anticipating an encounter. We're going to have lots of entertainment the next couple of days, but I want to have an encounter with God. And I hope you come desiring that as well. We honor the bishop, the first lady, and um, I have a tremendous, tremendous amount of respect and love for these people. And my wife put it quite well. I won't get it exactly the way she said it, but I'll try because it was perfect. Typically, the longer you're with someone and um, the longer you're around someone, you see more and more of their humanity, and it's easy to lose respect for them. It's not the case with the males. I remember I was telling my wife on the way here, the first, the first service I preached in Spokane, I felt compelled to do something that I've never done before, and I haven't done it since. I walked across the platform that night. Sister May will probably remember she was on the keyboard. And I said, I'll make a deal with you. And um, I know pastors are leery of evangelists, so I'm sure she didn't know what kind of deal I was wanting to make. And I asked her about her kids, and I said, I'll make you a deal. I'll pray for your kids if you'll pray for my wife. And had no clue that from that point right there, a relationship would be launched. And um, I'm so thankful, and my wife and I feel so blessed and enriched. Our lives are enriched to be a part of the male's life and a part of what God is doing at Cornerstone. Aren't you thankful to be a part of Cornerstone Church? Yeah. Hallelujah. There's talkers, and then there's doers. And I'm among doers tonight, and I feel very, very privileged and honored to be back here and to be a part of this annual family camp. And we thank you. Thank you, Brother and Sister Mayo, for it being important that my family come as well. And um, I haven't flown in several months. And uh, I've never flown having to wear a mask. So let that speak to how deep that I love you and how excited I was to come. <laughs> and I tried to turn my head towards the window and pull my mask down <laughs> and get some sleep because I can't breathe behind that crazy thing. And I just get good and asleep, and all of a sudden I feel that mask pop back up on my nose. I was fixing to get up all in the business of some kind of flight attendant and turned around, and it was Kai sitting next to me. But the flight attendant had told him to do it. But we're here, and I didn't suffocate, and um, we're looking forward to a good time. Luke chapter 1, if you've got a device... Um, I do want to speak some things, um, I believe, in the spirit to this church and to the leaders of this church, the backbone, the foundation of this church. And I want the Holy Ghost to minister to us tonight as the sun goes down. How many have ever felt the safety of that sensation when the Holy Ghost just wraps his arms around you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Praise God. Before we read this, I want to make a statement kind of to set a direction here. Oftentimes, I think we, we pray for deliverance when what we really need is discipline. 
And I want you to know all this favor and all this power and all this wonderful stuff that happens on a consistent basis around here is a great thing. There's stuff that happens in Spokane consistently that's never happened in some places. And it comes with its battles, and it comes with its adversaries, and it comes with its fights, and it comes with its frustrations. But tonight I want to talk to you, and I want to make you privy of the fact that it also comes with its responsibilities. And this may be more practical tonight, but I believe it's revelatory. And I want to speak into your heart if you'll open your heart and let me talk to you. Luke chapter 1. We even got the mountain people out of Sand Point to come down and join us. Thankful for Brave. We love Jared and Ari too, but we're thankful for Brave. We fought over him all, all day. He's wondering who all these crazy people are. And in the sixth month, verse 26, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hell, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Notice this next verse. If you'll be honest, a lot of you have never paid attention to this, but we're going to draw some attention to it tonight. When she saw him, she was troubled at this saying. And cast in her mind, she began to try to formulate in her mind what manner, notice this, of salutation this should be. This is key. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. I didn't ask my wife if she thought this was appropriate. Maybe I should have. If this is not good tonight, it'll at least be something that you never forget. I couldn't think of any creative title. But it's really, when we get into this, you'll see what I'm driving at. I just want to talk to you about hell tonight. And not H-E-L-L. -L. That's what most people want to talk about. What the devil's doing. What the adversary's doing. What hell's doing, H-E-L-L. -L. I want to talk to you tonight about hell, H-A-I-L, hell. The angel comes and tells her she's favored but it was the salutation, hell. She had already moved past the favorite stuff. It was the salutation, hell, H-A-I-L, that she started trying to frame and formulate in her mind. She started trying to figure out, and the Bible says it troubled her. And the angel said, fear not. Would you lift your hands right now and ask the Lord to help us here for the next few moments? Come on, folks, the Holy Ghost is here. Please, this is different for all of us. I promise you it's different from me. Let's forget about that. Let's plug in right now.
Come on, one more time. Let's just feel after him. You can be seated. It's a wonderful thing to be chosen. It's a wonderful thing to be favored. I can tell you, not an expert by no means, but a few miles under my belt now at this point, I think there are a lot of misconceptions about favor. I think there's a lot of people that are confused about what it really means to be chosen. The Holy Ghost will help us tonight. I want to clarify some of these things. It's a wonderful thing to be chosen. It sounds, it sounds good. It sounds like a compliment to be chosen. In fact, I've seen people that kind of have the attitude that they stick their chest out and they shove their thumbs in their proverbial lapels and with pride they say, God hath chosen me. Favor looks, gram it looks glamorous from a distance, but there's a cost to being chosen. There's a whole lot more to favor than the flash and the bang. There's a whole lot more to favor than the power and the anointing. There are foes. There are fights. There are frustrations. There are struggles. There are things about being chosen. There are things about the favor of God that unfortunately are nowhere to be seen on what my, one might think is a contract when they're signing up for this. Not even in the small print. And while it is a tremendous honor to be favored and chosen by God, it comes with a tremendous responsibility. The Bible says that when Mary heard this, a visitation by an angel, what a way for things to begin. She wasn't hung up. She didn't get caught up or caught away. She had, had been personally visited by an angel. In fact, this afternoon I thought it quite strange that instead of being puffed up with pride or feeling some kind of sense of fleshly gratification that she's had this manifestation in her life. Instead of these, which would seem to be the normal responses, the Bible says that Mary was troubled. She was troubled. She was troubled by, she was troubled by what this angel had just announced. She was disturbed. She goes on, and this is the part that gets me right here. Even though there are lots of blanks, there's a lot of unanswered questions in her mind. There's a lot of things that are unclear, a lot of things that she is anxiously anticipating, and then there's no way, there's some things there's no way for her to even know that are awaiting her out there. But she makes a statement at the conclusion of all of this, be it unto me according to thy word. In so many words, and this is the way it hit me this afternoon, 
She handed God a blank check. I can stand here looking 40, facing 40 years down, 40 years old, 21 years of full-time ministry, and I can tell you there is no greater pleasure than to hand your life off, to hand your days off, to hand your talents off to God as a blank check. I want you to understand while there's no greater pleasure there's price. There's a price that's in that's involved. I'm not screaming and hollering. I've slowed down, and there's a reason I've slowed down, because I really want to get. I really want to move in to where you're living. I want to talk to you tonight. There was, there's no way, there's no way that she could anticipate that she be it unto me according to thy word in this moment where she is overwhelmed with this visitation. There's no way she can plan for the things that are about to unfold in her life. I'm going to make a statement I'm sure all of you have heard, but we're going to look at it from a little different angle. Favor ain't fair. Favor ain't fair. I know how this has been used in the past, but I want to look at this from a little different angle. Favor. Favor ain't fair. Zach, Brother Zach Wells, his father was a tremendous man. I've never met anybody like Perry Wells, probably never will. I call him the redneck sage. I've begged Zach for years to try to write down the things. He's constantly saying things that his father said. Just unbelievable day-to-day wisdom and understanding. God always takes the good ones early, it seems. His dad, a disease, took over, and lost, we lost him. I guess it's been a couple years ago now. and He's laying there, and he's lost all this weight. He's skin and bones. Zach knows it's just a few days probably before he crosses over. And he's standing there grieving, and he looks down at his dad, and his dad's still very much awake. He said, it's just not fair. Dad, it's not fair. It's not fair. Perry Wells looks up at Zach, and he says, son, God's not running a fair. He's running a kingdom. God's not running a fair. He's running a kingdom. There was no way for her to be able to prepare for the things that were about to happen in her life. Yes, she would give birth. She would carry the Christ child, the Savior of the world. But how does one prepare for the things that are about to unfold. It's almost immediately that she has to try to figure out a way to explain to Joseph that she's pregnant and it's not by another man. It's hard for other people to understand favor. How do you prepare not only to tell Joseph that you're pregnant, and you've not been with another man, but you have been overshadowed by the Holy Ghost, how do you then deal with his reaction? The Bible says that he desired to put her away. I hear Mary now, you didn't, you didn't tell me that I'd have to ride across the desert on the back of a donkey. You didn't tell me that there would be no room in the end. You didn't tell me that this Christ child, that I would have to give birth to it in a cave and it would be laid over in a manger that the animals fed out of. You didn't tell me that almost immediately after 
he was born that there was a death sentence on his life. Almost immediately, they wanted to kill my baby. You didn't tell me, and again, it's impossible. We don't have the time, but I'm just hitting a few of the highlights. You didn't tell me about a time when I assumed that he was safe only to realize that I had lost him in one of the largest cities in that part of the world at that time. You didn't prepare me. You didn't, you didn't tell me about calling for him and having, and having to, to hear him say, having to try to somehow process the words out of his own mouth that who is my mother? Some of you mothers can, you, this resonates, I'm sure, with you, but how, how would that feel to be able to, tr how does one handle after giving birth and everything that she'd been through with that child and then to have to hear him say, who, who is my mother? What seemed so cold? so distant. You didn't prepare me for beatings and the trial and scourgings and the persecution. You didn't, you didn't prepare me. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, favor, favor's not, well, there's so many misconceptions. I'm, I'm headed somewhere. So many, there are so, there are so many misconceptions about being chosen. It's real, ladies and gentlemen, the favor of God, the power of God, the anointing of God, being chosen by God, these things are real, but you've got to understand that it comes with responsibilities. There are some responsibilities. These are only a few things. You didn't tell me that I would have to stand and literally not only watch them beat him and persecute him and spit on him. You didn't tell me about them spearing him in the side, the thorn, crown of thorns on his head, you didn't, no one prepared me that I would have to literally, I would literally have to watch him gasp, breathe his last breaths as a criminal crawled away and my son died in his, his place. People think of favor, they don't think of these things. When they, people think of being chosen, they don't think of the things that you've had to go through the last 12 months. I'm fixing to turn this into your world. When people think of being powerful, they don't think about the pain that some of you have not only endured the last year, since the last time we were at this meeting, some of you have faced some of the most difficult things you've ever faced in your life. They didn't tell you about these things. They didn't tell you about these things. The Bible says that the favor of God did not excite her. It, it, it was not a moment where she was infused with some kind of pride, but rather she was troubled with the salutation. I'm fixing to bring this home. It was the salutation. It was the one word, hell. It wasn't the fact that she had been overshadowed and that something that had been foretold for many years, that she was literally in her womb going to fulfill that prophecy. That's not what she was hung up on. She was hung up. What troubled her, what she immediately started trying to formulate and fix in her mind was this one word, this salutation. When you look at this closely, Brother Mayo, what she realizes, what I hope you walk away from this lake realizing tonight, that this was more than a greeting. This was a game plan. This one word, hell, the reason, she immediately went to try to frame it in her mind. We're talking about a young lady who was psychologically 
socially, emotionally, and even economically. Her world was ups it was turned upside down. And she literally, she didn't get hung. She did not get hung. It was not, it, it, she, she was not, she was not hung up on all of the flash and the bang. The very thing that she immediately started trying to form in her mind was this salutation, this one word, hell. She knew what the word meant. She knew that this was more than just a salutation. The reason it troubled her is she knew somehow this one word was connected to her salvation. She knew this one word, hell, H-A-I-L, was more than just pleasantries. But in this one word, the angel was giving her a plan. She knew that the reason she started trying to form and figure out this one word in her mind because she knew, she knew better than what we knew. And hopefully when we walk away tonight, we'll know. But she understood this was more than just a welcome from an angel from heaven. But this one word spoke of her well-being. This was more than just regards. It was more than just a hello, hi, how are you doing? It was much more than just regards. This one word Hell, H-A-I-L, was a roadmap. And while she did not know what she was about to face, as I've already said, a road that psychologically, socially, emotionally, and economically, a road that her world would be turned upside down. You see, people don't understand those that have been overshadowed by the Holy Ghost. She hung on to this one word. Brother Marks, you're, you're, you're driving this, you're absolutely, because here, herein lies the salvation of the favored. Herein lies the plan for the chosen. Herein lies your well-being, my well-being. Herein lies the roadmap. While the road of the favored is full of surprises. Come on. While, while, while the life of the chosen, while there are many conflicts and there are times of, of chaos and circumstances and confusion, here in this one salutation, in this one greeting, there is a guard, there is a game plan. There is a reason she started trying to frame in her mind hell. The word hell, H-A-I-L, you have to understand as a primary verb in the original language. When this angel came, before there was any promise given, there again, as I've said before, there was an action given. Before the anointing was given, the action was given. Before the victory was given, the verb was given. There is a primary verb here. This verb, this verb, hell. Hell is a verb here. It is not just a greeting. It is a responsibility. It is a road map. It is a game plan. It's a verb. It's not an action that the angels are responsible for. The word hell, H-A-I-L, is not an action that God is responsible for. Hell is the responsibility, H-A-I-L, is the responsibility of the favored. It is the responsibility of the chosen. The word hell literally means to be full of cheer. Not only to be full of cheer, but to be well off. Let's not leave any here. Let's not leave here with any misconceptions. Not well off in the sense of monetary things. Not well off. Are you hearing Brother Marks right now? Not well off in the sense of how much money you've got in your bank account or in your 401k. Well off. Well off in your mind. Well off in your spirit. Well off in your emotions. Well off in your relationships with one another. Well off in your relationship with God. She was troubled. She was troubled by this salutation because Mary, she realizes immediately, this is not something that I pin on. This is not something I become prideful with. This favor comes with responsibility, and I have to do my due diligence. Come on, folks, listen to what I'm telling you. I have to do my due diligence in order to preserve the favor and to preserve the anointing that God has placed on my life. 
I'm not blowing smoke. This is not hyperbole. I believe that there is a special anointing. There's an anointing on this church like, like no other church I preach in. But I want you to know that it comes, it, it comes with a great responsibility. You understand, there's full life. This world is full of surprises. But in this one world, there's not only a responsibility for Mary, there's a responsibility for Cornerstone. It's not somebody else's responsibility to take care of your well-being. It's not my responsibility to take care of your joy level in your life. While you cannot control what happens externally in the life of someone that's favored, it is our responsibility to control internally the life of the favored. I have to set my affections. I have to control my emotions. I told you this was going to kind of be pra practical here tonight, but it's revelatory if you'll open your mind to it. You have to take responsibility if, in, with your own well-being. You can't allow yourself to become bitter. You cannot allow yourself to become jaded. You cannot allow yourself to become callous. You can't become prayerless. I don't care how much pain that you have felt in the last 12 months. You are responsible for your well-being. You are responsible for your joy. Is anybody hearing me right now? You have to maintain the maintenance. Come on. This is a miracle. What God's doing at Cornerstone is a miracle. What he's doing in your life is a miracle. But it comes with great maintenance. You can't get your eyes so far, so full of the stars of the miraculous that you forget miracles come with maintenance. Miracles come with maintenance. And so it's more than a salutation. It's, uh, it's about your salvation. It's more than just pleasantries. It's a plan. It's more than just a greeting. It's a game plan. And Mary knew right then, I don't know what I'm going to face tomorrow, but I know I must take care of me. I cannot control the external storms. I can't control what Joseph does, what Joseph says. I can't control what my old friends at the well say. I can't control what Herod does. I can't control... Who has room in the end and who doesn't have room in the end? I can't control this and I can't control that, but it is my responsibility as favored and as a chosen child of God. It is my responsibility to control me. I've got to control my vocabulary. I've got to control my attitude. I've got to control my spirit. Hell. I'm not here tonight to talk about Hell, in the sense of H-E-L-L. -L. I hope, I pray that this would have handles, that you could carry this away from this meeting tonight and never forget what I'm telling you. Everybody wants to talk about hell in the sense of H-E-L-L -L because it feels good when you talk about, I've been under attack from hell. Hell's attacking me. Hell is hitting me from every angle. And I know this is real. Hallelujah. But you have to understand, to constantly talk about hell and preach about hell and think about hell is a cop-out. All of us face hell. H-E-L-L. -L. It's coming. But it doesn't matter how much hell is on the outside. H-E-L-L. -L. If I understand that I'm taking care of my well-being on the inside. Having done all to stand. 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 And you have to stand. There's a reason the Bible says to set your affections. No one else controls the knobs. Life's not supposed, you're not supposed to let life control those knobs. Hell, Mary, you're highly favored. Fear not. I don't think it's any accident that the fear not came after the primary verb, hell, after the responsibility. People, listen to Brother Marks. If you are controlling your well-being, if you're making sure that you're full of joy on the inside, there is no room for fear. There is no room for fear. 
I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what we'll face when we leave here. I don't know what's waiting on you when you come off of this mountain, but I'm telling you, hell, H-E-H-A-I-L. Quit worrying about H-E-L-L and worry about making sure your spirit's right and what you can't control what hell's doing. It's your responsibility to control your spirit. I'm being redundant right now, but I'm trying to get a point across. And Mary can't control everything else externally, but we see her as she accepts this responsibility, this primary verb. And she maintains her well-being and she maintains her level of joy. And the exciting thing is, yes, she did lose him. But guess what? She got him back. Some of you have been waiting on the uptick here. Here's a little uptick right here. I said she didn't lose him, but she got him back. And there's some things that we may lose, but I'm telling you, we can take those things back. We can get those things back if we are maintaining our well-being and making sure that our levels, our emotional levels are where. Where's the joy of the Lord at? Do you have the Holy Ghost tonight? Is there anybody here that's happy about serving God? Yeah, I'm about to get I'm about to get upset. Not at you, but I'm about to get upset at the spirit. We ought to be the happiest people in the world. We ought to be the happiest people in the world. We're not dependent on the stock market. We're not dependent on who the president is. Hallelujah. There's one throne. There's one throne. Trump's not sitting on that throne. Pelosi won't say, Biden, I don't know what's going to happen November the 3rd. But whatever happens, they're not going to sit on that throne. Jesus Christ is on that throne. And he's high and lifted up, and his train fills the temple. And I've tried to be gentle, and I've tried to be calm, and I've tried to keep them from hearing me up there, but I'm fixing to get real excited here. I want to tell some of you right now, nobody, nobody, nobody is joining your pity party, not even the devil. I've changed the way I see it. Come on, you can't have power and have pity too. Quit pitying yourself. Quit feeling sorry. Some of you could do a whole lot more if you'd get your thumbs out of your mouth and put them straight up over your head and start praising God here. Hell, H-A-I-L, I'm still preaching about setting your affections. Come on, I'm still preaching about your well-being. You're going to get a whole lot further in this thing by praising God. Come on, you're going to get a whole lot further in this thing by worshiping God than worrying. I come against the spirit of depression. I come against the spirit of anxiety. I come against anxiety attacks. Come on, quit sitting there acting like I'm not preaching to you. I'm talking to you right now. If you want to pace the floors at night instead of pacing the floors at night, clutching your chest, why don't you pace the floors at night, clutching Jesus? I feel that right now. Some of you wouldn't be clutching your chest in pain if you'd get a hold of Jesus. It's his promise. It's his anointing. It's his church. It's his kingdom. It's his business. It's his favor. I come against the spirit of fear. Fear's a liar. Some of you think of deliverance, and you think of deliverance only in the terms of people that are lost. We need deliverance in this meeting. I'm not talking about tomorrow. I'm not talking about Sunday. We're going to have a great time come Sunday. I'm talking about you need deliverance tonight. It may not be narcotics. It may not be, it may not be alcohol. It may not be nicotine. It may not be perversion. But fear, fear, listen, fear will do just as much damage to you as any of these horrible sins we think in our mind. God wants a deliverance. God wants to deliver you from fear. But you got to get a hold of your emotions. Come on. You got to get, you got to get a hold of your well-being. You got to. 
and leaders are tired and leaders are frustrated and leaders are exhausted. We have innovated all of our energy and it's because we can preach it to you, but I can't set your affections. I can tell you, listen, God's put the things in place that you need to be well. God has put the things in place that you need to have a heart full of joy. I can't do it for you. I can show you the weapons. I can show you the vaccinations. Let's talk about vaccination. You want a vaccination for victory? God gave you, God gave you the gift of forgiveness. How long are you going to hold on to that? How long are you going to harbor that? Come on, I'm talking about your well-being. Hell, Mary. Hell. Well, Brother Marks, let's talk about the revival. Brother Marks, let's talk about the new building. Come on, you can bury the new building if you don't bury that stuff that you got in your heart. You can forget the new, well, I want to talk about revival, and I want to talk about devils, and I want to talk about manifestations, and I, want, I love it more than anybody at this camp, but you got to get the stuff that's in your heart. You got to get it out. We got to see about your well-being. We got to see about your joy levels. Hell, Mary, it's more than pleasantries. Mary realized just like that, it's a plan. That one word, the reason she immediately started to try to fix it in her mind is she knew something's coming. Apparently this favorite business is going to turn my world upside down and it's my responsibility the maintenance is my responsibility. Do you know nine-tenths of what the Old Testament priest did was maintenance? We can, go, we can get so hung up, and I'm speaking metaphorically, but we can get so hung up on that one-tenth, that one, one, one time out of ten was once a year going behind that veil. Nine out of the other thing, 10 things that he did was maintenance to make sure that when it came time for that one time, it was sweeping. It was sacrificing. It was killing lambs. It was draining blood. Favor and chosenness can become so mystical that we forget if we don't become a casualty, I've seen people that were chosen. I don't want to be a casualty of chosenness. And people that become casualties of chosenness are people who neglect the maintenance. Because the mess, if you are favored, I can promise you it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when the mess is coming. If you are favored, the mess is coming. You, somebody's going to lie about you. Somebody's going to gossip on you. You're going to lose a job. Come on, somebody's going to stick you in the back. But I learned a long time ago that if you live by somebody's compliments, that you'll die by their criticism. And I'm not trying to please anybody else. Come on, they didn't give me this favor. They didn't give me this calling. They didn't give me this anointing. I want to please him. And i got to keep that open line of... I'm trying not to be right up in your windshield on the first night, but I'm telling you, some of you are hurting so bad. How much sense does it make to be favored like your favorite and to let your prayer life wane the way it's waned? I'm fixing to get up in your business right now. How much sense does that make? Well, you don't know what I've been through, and you don't know what I'm facing, and you don't know what was said, even more so. You want somebody to feel sorry for you? You're favored. God called this church to be pregnant. And unfortunately, there's a, thank God, having never experienced it, but watching my wife experience it three times, and we can talk about it later, but I thought this week a fourth time because she thought it would be really funny to play a practical joke and use her niece's pregnancy test and call me on FaceTime. I had to do, huh? I had to do, I had to do some well-being maintenance. There's some, dif there's some discomforts 
that come with being pregnant. Any women out there that had some children, there's some inconveniences. It's heavy. Nobody's ever heard the saying, how fitting. I wasn't planning on doing this, but how fitting on here on this water's edge. Let it roll off. Like, like water. Let it roll off. Like water off a duck's back. Well-being. Hell. H-A-I-L. Let it roll off like water off a duck's back. You know, when God created a duck with that ability to shed water, God didn't create the duck with the barrier in place to keep the duck from submerging. God did create a, a gland at the very end of his tail that created an oil. The duck's born with a dry back. The duck's born, and when he's born, the ability's there, but it has to be applied. He's responsible. If he sheds water, it will be because he fulfills his responsibilities. But that gland's way back at the end of his tail, and he has to twist around. He has to contort his neck and his body to take his beak and to reach back there where that gland is and to apply the oil to his feathers in order to be able to shed water. Doth nature, doth nature not teach us itself? Is there a more powerful lesson? God's put things in place to help us with our well-being, to keep us from sinking. I didn't realize this, but if that duck, David, doesn't, if he doesn't apply that oil, it's not something that can be applied. Ducks, I looked this up, they don't apply the oil for one another. The oil, they can't go over and get on somebody. The, the, the oil on somebody else, you would think all oil would work for everybody. No, they were born with the oil they needed for their feathers. They can't go over and get somebody else's oil and put it on their feathers. They'll still submerge. When the storm comes, they'll still sink. Somebody else's oil won't work. It's their oil. Somebody else's forgiveness. Somebody else's walk. Somebody else's relationship. Somebody else's sacrifice. You can't depend on that. Sir, your wife's prayers and your wife's consecrations, it's not enough to hold you up. Boy, it just got real quiet right there. And it's uncomfortable to forgive. It's uncomfortable for him to reach back there, twist it back, under stress, under strain, there's stretching involved. But he knows when the rain comes, if I expect to survive, I must apply the oil to my feathers. And if I don't survive, it's no one else's fault but my own. And God's put the things in place. He can't do the maintenance, Brother Mayo, but he's put the things in place to help us with hell. H-A-I, no, to help us with hell. It's not just a play on words. He's put the things in place to help us with hell. H-E-L-L. -L. But will you, will you do the work? Will you, will, you, will you put in the tedious time? Will you, will you, will you put the, your, the neck under stress and strain? Are you going to continue? Listen, Brother Marks, I'm closing. Are you going to continue to try to survive on the smoke of someone else's sacrifice? Hell. It's real. You got a lot of people that are favored and chosen. All they want to talk about H-E-L-L. Hell, my God, to hell. I'm going through hell. I'm going, my God, we're going through hell. Brother Marks, come preach this revival. We're going through hell. This moment of favor, and she's immediately troubled. And she starts trying to frame the salutation. One word. She didn't get hung up on the phrase that you're highly favored. She didn't get hung up on the sentence you're going to carry. 
she didn't get hung up, Sister Brenda, on the phrase that you've been overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. The thing she tried to frame in her mind was that one word because she knew all that other stuff will work itself out. My responsibility is to make sure that I'm there when it happens. With nothing else convoluting the vessel. I know a lot of times God gets ready to pour and the vessel may be there, but God can't pour the oil because of the obstruction. The vessel's full because we haven't done well with our well-being. And I know it's not January the 1st, but you hear me, and I don't use this word lightly. I'm speaking to this gathering prophetically right now, and I'm telling you, you cannot wait till January the 1st. I know this is when we typically do this. You got to empty yourself today on this mountain of all the nasty and all the ugly and all the shock. We need healing. Come in here tonight. You got to get that stuff out. But I figured it out, Sister Mel. There's a reason they won't immediately go to screaming at hell or talking about hell. It's a cop out. Because again, we, we, we want to talk about H-E-L-L. You know why? Because we can do that and we rebuke it because we want deliverance. We don't want to be disciplined. We want deliverance. When the fact of the matter is if I'm right in here, there is nothing that Satan can do or nothing that Satan can I'm unstoppable. If I keep my spirit free of guile, if I keep my, if I keep my heart from being hardened, there's no, there, there, there is nothing that can stop me. I'm not here tonight to debate, to argue, and I don't even think it needs to be established. I think every preacher that comes through puts his finger on it. This place is favored. This place has been overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. It's miraculous what God's doing here. But you have maintenance to take care of. Apply the oil. Because there are those that have submerged. There are those that had the hand of God on them that didn't make it. And it's everybody else's fault. God said it's a primary verb. It's not the angel's responsibility. It's not my responsibility. It's not your neighbor's responsibility. Hail, H-A-I-L. Be well. It's your, it's your, it's your responsibility. Can't let that get in your heart. I'm just not going to love anymore. Ooh, that's a dangerous place. You'll die. You hear me? Standing right next to this water. You hear Brother Marks? The day you decide not to love anymore, your death is set in. You're going to die. Catharsis. Chosen. Okay. That's great. That's great. But if you stay chosen, you're going to frequent an altar, cleaning yourself out. I'm not here. I don't have a complaint. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying this to put myself on a pedestal. It's constantly little remarks, little snide. Something said over here. It's so, it just, there's constantly something. I understand it's constantly something in your life, constantly something going. I know sometimes probably Brother Mayo feels like a fireman, not a pastor. Constantly putting out a fire over here and putting out a fire over there and putting out. 
comes with the territory. Take care of it. You're going to butt heads with somebody. Don't let it simmer. Hell. H-A-I-L. Don't let it simmer. Don't let two or three services go by. I'm on something. I'm on a nerve right now. Some of you want me to just go right by. No, I'm going to step on it. Don't let three or four services go by. Fix it right now. Quick to repent. Fast to forgive. Because the quicker you get it out, the better chances are that it, it doesn't take root. The longer you leave it, the harder it is to get out. It's all in the maintenance, folks. Stand up, Kyle. Stand up. Keep playing. Hear how pretty that is? Turn it up. These fingers, keep playing. These fingers have, through much practice, some natural talent, have the ability to glide across these strings and make, the word is dulcet. It's, it's pleasing sounds. It's easy on the ears. So graceful as he glides his fingers across the string. But I want you to notice something else about this. You can quit. I'll play it. Come on, man. I thought you was good at that. Come on, man. I thought you was an ex-rock star. Come on. What's wrong with you? Oh, God. That's terrible. Stand back up. It sounds so bad he's embarrassed. Do it some more. You're helping me. You always want to do an altar call with me. We're doing it right now. Come on, man. Make that sound good. Do it. Stop. James, James Taylor couldn't make that sound good. It's got tuners on it. I don't care who the maestro is. When they pick a guitar up, there's maintenance. I don't care how much time he's invested. I don't care how talented he is. I don't care how much he's practiced. It has to be tuned. And the greatest musicians, the first thing they do, they don't pick it up and just assume someone else tuned it. Keep standing. They don't assume someone else tuned it. Immediately, I've watched you do it. He grabs a guitar. The first thing he does, I've watched him do it. He starts messing with those knobs. He's tuning it. Because it doesn't matter how great you are if you haven't tuned the instrument. And God wants to make a sound. There's a certain sound that comes from favored people. There's a certain sound that comes from chosen people. But even God, listen to what I'm telling you. Let me get on this bench. Even God... The greatest musician, even God can't make music with something that hadn't been tuned. Tune it. See? You jumped ahead of me. You'd... He's tuning it. Even God can't make something sound good that hasn't been tuned. I don't want God picking me up and gliding his fingers across the strings of my life. And people, you've been around people like that. They, they, care, they, care, it, they wear it. 
They wear their bitterness as a badge. They wear what they've gone through. They, they smell like what they've been in. I feel like nobody wants to be around me. Well, maybe it's because you neglected maintenance. Take a shower and put some deodorant on. I mean, I told you folks, it's going to be practical. But literally, as important as that is in the physical sense, your well-being, your well-being depends on your maintenance, your personal maintenance. You get it tuned or I, I, did I get it good and messed up? Let's try I tried. I didn't twist them all. I only twisted four of them. Play it. How does that, doesn't that sound so much better? Maintenance. It didn't take long. And it doesn't take long. The reason it takes some people a long time, what, you, what you've watched people, you're like, ah, is because they, they neglected it for so long. Your well-being, your level of joy, that's the two things you worry about. And if you keep those things right, Everything else with being favored falls into place. You don't have to open doors. You don't have to force doors open. You take care of those two things. Your spirit and your attitude, you maintain those two things. And everything about being favored falls in place. Let's stand. Somebody hear me. It was about six six fifty-three as I think when I looked down at my watch. Fixing to step off that hill and head down here. And it comes so clear. If they don't bury it, it'll bury them. you got to be willing to reach back and use what God's put in place. Apply it to your life. I remember, I don't even know if I can explain this, but I remember one time being hurt. And I didn't really like what, Aaron, I didn't really like what God spoke to me as I was trying to nurse my wounds. And this was, this is really how it came. He said, you're, the reason you can hurt is because you have the ability to hurt. And God just began to remind me of the times I knew I'd hurt people. And God also reminded me of the times that I never knew I'd hurt people and hurt people. See that? You feel that tighten up right? Play, play, and play in tune because they're tight. You feel that tightening up? Because we, we don't respond. We don't want. We want it to be somebody else's fault.
bury it. Put it in that water and leave it there. Cast it on that water. I know Jesus said you cast bread on the water. It'll come back. But I believe there's some people going to cast some brokenness on that water tonight. And I believe it's going to float off never to be seen again. Bury it. I don't care how old. I don't care how fresh. Bury it. I know what I heard in the spirit. Bury it or it'll bury you. Deal with it or it'll deal with you. It's maintenance. And this thing's beautiful. If you keep up the maintenance. If you keep up the tuning. It's beautiful. But it never stops. Every time the man picks up a guitar, you'll even see the good ones. I've watched them. They'll, they'll tune it while they're playing. It's, there's constant adjustments that have to be made. It's all about the well-being. Would you lift your hands and begin to pray about this right now? It's not.